And I don't know how, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Still alive. We'll figure out what? <laughs> well, I was, I was trying to like get my thoughts in order and I kind of have them. I have something to say, but mm-hmm. man, I also feel like it's just, it's going to be the ongoing, like, is this show good or is it not? Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Purple Urkel, Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. Hello. Dan, can I ask you a question? You may. Um, so you just, when, when you were muttering to yourself before you started the intro, you said, where's my intro thing? Does that yes. mean that you have the intro written down? I do. Uh, because I cannot remember 18 words (laughs) (laughs) or however many words it is. I Uh, don't know what's more surprising that we are how many weeks into this show now? This is like 80-ish. 80-ish? Okay, so I I don't know what's more surprising that we are 80 episodes in and you don't remember 18 (laughs) words by heart yet or that it took us over 80 episodes to notice that you've been reading it. (laughs) <laughs> and haven't just been doing this naturally off the fly. It's uh, it's the only thing I have that's explicitly written out, uh, which is why the endings are always a train wreck. But uh, yeah, it just is it the, it makes is it, it the easier. same written thing. It's like the you same have like thing. a like a card that you bring to you know <laughs> to the microphone every week. Is it the well, same handwritten? So so here's here's how uh, it works. Uh, I have my own Word doc. Where So, like, we have our shared Google Doc, right? But I'll actually copy all of that once it's, like, set into my, uh, my, my own Word Doc. So I have it in front of me. And um, most of the time, I will print it out. But uh, this week, I did not. Um, it's just on my computer. But the intro part stays the same, obviously. So, except for there is a blank space for whatever Dustin decides to name himself. So... <laughs> Oh my God! This is how the sausage gets made. Episode of Pajiba. I'm really into this. Because uh, I, I normally have it printed out, so I can also write down like the, the time codes for when we said what, or like you know when new topics start. Right. Um, so yeah. So you put that right on the word document. Wow. I'm a little bit offended that you're holding out on us. What are you talking? You, about? you, you complete a, you you create a completely separate word document, like one for right. us, one for you. Like we're, yeah, we're not good enough for your version. It's, it's where I keep the the notes on the game when there is a game. There's probably no game this week, by the way. But <laughs> by the way, Doodles uh, shit talking. He's shit talking us on that. Document there's that. Right? There's sometimes if I have like a if I have a, a thing that I thought of in advance and I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this, and I'll jot it down there. Ah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I have that document, and it's always in front of me. And uh, right now it is telling me to ask, what's everyone drinking? <laughs> so I guess we're on that segment. Uh, uh, Tori, what, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, my Outer Sounds 2020 Sauvignon Blanc. It has a screw top. It's the same one I keep trying to buy that they strangely <laughs> don't stock at the gas station liquor store. So I have oh. to go all the way to the grocery store, liquor store. So it's, a, it's a treat because yeah. of how hard it is to get. It's harder, yeah. It's a further. 
It's more of an effort, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dustin, what about you? I am drinking uh, margaritas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. One of those. Uh, that's good. Um, I am not drinking this week because I am currently in a time zone where it is still four. Well, it's it's in the afternoon, so you don't have to worry about exactly what time it is. But anyway, uh, it's it's daytime and too early to drink. So instead, I'm here. But it's afternoon. Uh, that's right. It's ten o'clock somewhere. It, here, precisely. <laughs> it is the afternoon, but it's uh, it's a little too bright out for me, and uh, yeah, so. No, no drinking for me today, but, uh, that's fair. But, it's okay. You know. I th- it sounds like Dustin, after all of the talking that we did pre pod, uh, and all oh, the ice yeah. I heard clinking the whole time, I'm pretty sure Dustin, <laughs> Dustin's has already all got of it us covered. covered. Yeah. I may have to get up a couple of times too, both to refill and to, uh, we, we know. know. Yeah. yeah. Well, before, before you go, Dustin, uh, uh, we, we do want to check in with you about, uh, about your favorite show and ours, yeah. Manifest Everyone's favorite show. on NBC. Uh, so that's, it's time for Dustin's Manifest Minute. Um, this week's episode was all about Method 1, Number 2, and Method Number 3, who, uh, after being frozen in a lake uh, for the winter, uh, popped back up to the surface this week and uh, decided to rob a uh, ice cream shop that one of the meth heads used to work at when he was a kid. He's like, the safe. I bet they haven't changed the pass the code in 20 years, so let's go knock up the safe. <laughs> so they get there, and then like they meet uh, Paige Jennings from The Americans, who's now a cast member. Huh. Um, and uh, meth head number two and uh, her have like a connection because uh, Paige Jennings has an old photo of herself at the ice cream shop and in the background of that photo is meth head number two. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the dad in Manifest, uh, his hand is glowing now because he touched the tail fin on Flight 828, even though Flight 828 exploded in the pilot episode. Oh my God. <laughs> I was done. That was your minute. <laughs> all right. <laughs> did I really get all that in in a minute? You got you all that in a minute. All right. Uh, very impressive as always. Um, so, so the main story was about the the characters who had been frozen, and or one of them specifically, and now he has a he has a connection with. So it's it's just about human connection fundamentally. Uh-huh. So the whole episode and, was about the meth heads, but do we have names for them yet? Oh, that's a good question. Um. The ca- they're referred to by other people, the other characters, meth heads, but they, two of them I know is Pete and Corey. I don't know who meth head number one is. I don't know his name yet. Though he's the only recognizable actor. Hmm. Is it because it's... No. no I'm getting... Forgetting. <laughs> which <laughs> random people from Manifest email you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, well, that's exciting. I got like three people leave uh, nasty messages on my Insta this week about my manifest recaps. Huh. Really? Like my personal Instagram, which is, is like on a picture of me and my daughter 
hey, fuck you. <laughs> Your manifestry is like, what? Wow. Well, I mean, you do... Aren't all of your accounts under Pajiba? They are, unfortunately. I don't know what I was thinking, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, they just... They're bullies. They need to leave you alone. Oh, no. <laughs> they need to... It's okay to just not like a show that's not likable. <laughs> yeah. It's not, a, it's not an attack on their personal worth or value system. I'm glad none of them listen to Pajiba. Let us hope. <laughs> Although, if they did, uh, that would be fine. Because you know what, every uh, every every listener is a potential potential revenue stream. Going with that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I aspire. Like I can only hope that someday I reach a level where people just start yelling at me on Instagram. <laughs> it's like this is a picture of you know. My cat. <laughs> just people like, like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> oh, someday. We can turn them all into fans of Kung Fu. Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. No, that's a show that we're not going to be shitting on. That's, no, uh, that's not, true. Because it was terrific. The new, the new CW show, Kung Fu, which premiered last Wednesday. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes. And, uh, it was great, except for the, uh, the Worthington guy. Woo. Oh, what? you mean the 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 only white guy in the show who uh-huh. oddly resembles Sam Worthington? He does, doesn't he? A little bit. I mean, he's got that quality, just sort of like, like blandly attractive. I feel bad. I don't. I don't know that I see that. <laughs> well, so it's just really funny because they set up. It's like trying to set up a love triangle, but like, right? It's sort of like if you were trying to build a triangle, but the but one side of the triangle was like just foam. Like, just, like, not really structurally viable. So you've just got, like, two lines that are joined in a point. And nobody cares about the other side. Anyway, it's not, it's an interesting version of a triangle. Um, Poor, not Sam Worthington. This is not the most important thing about the show, though. (laughs) I feel like we need to, we should probably make that clear. But Henry is the most important thing? Yes. Henry, the um, firm, solid side of the triangle. The, the <laughs> structurally sound part of the triangle. Yes. These sound like a lot of euphemism story. Oh, my God. Well, I'm trying, to keep, I'm trying to not make them sexual euphemisms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm focusing on the triangle and not on his lovely shoulders and arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So the first time you see Henry... <laughs> We'll talk about the main character, but let's just, we just need to get this out of the way. First time you see him, he's walking down a hallway in a tank top, and it's like, Nikki, the main character, like, turns her head, and he turns his head, and you're like, oh, shit, like, Sam Worthington has nothing on this. Like, this is just not going to happen. Like, this this guy, we don't even know his name. He is just a stranger who has walked into the scene, and you automatically know he is, like, he's the love interest because um, mm-hmm. of the tank top. And then... Later, he he's kind of like a Giles meets um, Angel figure, like because so Kung Fu is on CW, and there's a bit of a mystical element to it, and you know, and so you have uh, Henry is kind of the the guy who's in the library informing Nikki about all of the legends around the sword and the monastery she was at and everything that's kind of going on. but he also will pop up in fights, and he's a very good fighter. So it's uh, 
he's great. You think Worthington, the uh, he's a lawyer? Maybe he has some secret fight skills. No. No? He's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. You know well, I don't know how he's going to compete otherwise. No, because I mean, he's just, that... he's going to have all of the legal, it's like they're going, they're going after gangs and then they'll be able to turn over the evidence to him and he'll get them convicted. He's like the prosecutor. I have to say, this is very fascinating to listen to. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, I, I know you're not really up on this show, Dan. So, yeah. well, well, don't worry. I understand why you're not. <laughs> I'm glad that in. you guys are you guys are keeping keeping me uh, up to date. Okay, so uh, so Nikki is the main character, and mm-hmm. she was in. So she spent three years in China uh, at a at a Shaolin monastery that was all women. But the best part was she got there. After she was like on like this cultural tour and then she found out that her mom had set the whole thing up um, because she wanted her to attend a matchmaking and mm-hmm. find like a nice husband. And she was like, F this and like hopped in the back of a truck and wound up at, at the, like the, the monastery. It was great because um, matchmaking sounds awful. <laughs> and then a fight breaks out and her master dies and there's a sword that gets stolen and there's a uh, a. It's all fights, and then um, her, like, master's dying wish is that she has to save the sword and defeat uh, the the villain, who uh, Zalon? My, yes. Yes. Zalon. Uh, <laughs> no, Dan doesn't I've, know. He has no idea. I, I, uh, I read up on it. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> while Tori was talking. While I was, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... Yeah, so she's got a so that's like the going to be the larger plot, and the the sword glows and like scarred, um, scarred her hand, scarred Nikki's hand. So there's like there's like some mystical stuff going on, but also there's gangs in San Francisco, and that's what she deals with to help her family. And so there's like a whole lot of stuff going on, and I'm really enjoying it. Same here. It was a well-done pilot. Wait, who's who's the dad? Oh, because he's awesome. Oh, Zima. Oh, yeah. He's the best. Yeah. He's great. And I think that... So, there's definitely, like, a lot of story that's crammed in, in the um, in the pilot. Like, there, you can see, like, a lot of... a recurring motif this week. Yeah, I was going to say, because that's <laughs> also something that might be notable about uh, another show that we're going to talk about. <laughs> But I think that um, what I walked away from Kung Fu with personally was that it felt balanced in a way of like you there's a lot of stuff to keep you interested, but it all was still it it still felt kind of like breezy like you you didn't yes breezy yeah it just it was fun like nothing ever like they it was like it hit the points it needed to you got the message it moved on to the next thing and so it's like i you know you walk out of the pilot and you're like i know the different directions that this show will probably take and like i'm on Mm -hmm. board with it and i didn't you know none of them were underdeveloped or overdeveloped it was just sort of like it feels like breezy action dramas are sort of like a, a relic too so this is like a nice thing because like even the cw shows they've all gotten like sort of yeah. dark and self-important and yeah riverdale's heinous now <laughs> well yeah and it's like and especially yeah f- so for it being cw like they've always kind of had either very supernaturally heavy shows um whether it's you know and to a certain extent that even includes like the D- the the DC kind of shows. There's always like an mm-hmm. element of, you know, 
hero, vigilante, weird powers, like all this stuff. It, it, everything seems larger than life or you have or, yeah, something like uh, Riverdale where it's like random murders and things like that. And it's right. like, like the first season of Riverdale was great. And like the first season of Arrow, which I actually watched. Right. And- loved was great and i this reminds me a little of that first season of uh arrow when it was still like fun and fun yeah that was how i felt about like the flash or um and i think what i like is that it's 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 got a little bit of that um possible supernatural intrigue but it also is kind of a family drama and uh you know like there's it's it's able to walk across a lot of these genres without really easily being pigeonholed as one or the other. And so like, you don't see her as like Nikki is, she can fight and I'm looking forward to the action scenes because I think that will be really interesting, but that's not, she's not like shutting around as a fighter. Right. She's not like, you know, I'm the arrow. I'm going to like be a vigilante or whatever. Right. right. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. Really good sporting cast. Like the brother and the sister are like, Two of the best characters are. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed the sister. She's just so energetic. It was like, <laughs> like oh, my God. Um, yeah, I think. Anyway, so I'm very I was I was very happy with Kung Fu. It's, well, it too, sounds it's, like, it's a shame Dan didn't watch it. Yeah, I know. It sounds like you're both very, uh, very like I show you excited really about the show. Enjoy, Dan. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I should uh, I should check it out. So you should, you should. I will strive to catch up on Instead it. Instead of just only... reading the Wikipedia I know. entries. So, yeah, Dan, if you watched it, then maybe you could tell us if, like, maybe, like, is is Nikki going to, like, you know, become friends with Zalon? Is there going to be some yeah. secret there? Maybe some sort of, like, develop budding relationship? If you had any right. insights, you could share with us. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I would love to be that person for this podcast, but... Because I'd love to be able to, like, theorize with you as we watch it. If only you could, like, participate in this conversation. Right. I mean, it's, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, we, we can't watch everything, you know, unfortunately. So that's, uh, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so anyway, so Kung Fu on the CW. Wednesday is at 8. And for free, the next day on the CW app is what yeah. I am reading on this screen. <laughs> and that you don't know for any <laughs> other reason. Also, did you hear not. how good the ratings were for that opening episode? Yeah. Uh, I think this show's going to be sticking around for a long time. Uh, well, that would be great uh, from a purely representational standpoint. <laughs> and clearly, you're also enjoying the show. So that for, for two reasons, at for, least. And, for only two reasons. And, and no, no other, other. reasons. <laughs> No reasons that you are contractually able to talk about. Uh, yes. Hmm. Hmm. Speaking of shows with female leads fighting stuff, a little bit of Supernatural, you get it. Uh, <laughs> the Nevers also premiered. Uh, this premiered on Sunday on HBO and HBO Max. Is, is it? It's an official HBO show, right? I always get... I, I'm getting it confused now. I think it's a Max show because I, I saw that show. the ratings oh. were the highest HBO... Highest premiere for an HBO Max show ever. Yeah. Oh. I But I do agree with that. It's getting a little tricky to tell what is HBO Max versus, like... 
like what why does it matter anymore but, like, I, I guess it's yeah. just if it if it airs on because Mac shows don't air on HBO right. if you have the channel right so but but it's something like why wouldn't the nevers Max. be on the channel right maybe it was I don't Remember. I don't think it was though, because I think I it's mean, the same I, thing with. Uh, oh wait! If you just have regular cable, you don't have Max. Like if you have a box. Uh yeah, I don't. Well, think no, I do. think it's more about the idea of like shows that. Like yeah, you can. No, I guess you wouldn't have. Do you not have Max? Or do you have it now? I don't know. There they was a point. Have. There was a there was a brief period where you didn't. Yeah. So it was weird. Yeah. There was. Um, yeah. But it, 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 either way, it just seems kind of odd that you would have this, the number, the number of shows that they seem to be putting out that are HBO Max exclusive. I'm kind of like, well, then what are you airing on HBO? Right. <laughs> it's one thing to like dual premiere. Like I know you could watch Game of Thrones and it would be on the app as well. Right. But like, so you're not putting the Nevers on HBO uh, and you're not putting oh, Made for Love on HBO and you're not. You putting... know what? I, I I think the Nevers was actually on HBO. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking because there, there were ratings for it for on from HBO, the channel. Um, but Made for Love is not. So, yeah. Oh, it's, it's not. A, huh. yeah. No, that's that's definitely a Max. That's original. only Max, yeah. But I swear, I saw on Deadline today that HBO Max had the highest premiere ratings for HBO Max. I mean, that the Nevers had the highest premiere ratings for HBO Max ever. At like 1.4 million. I mean, that's also possible. Yeah. Like, it could be it could be both, I guess. Yeah. Um, People but anyway, we're not, here, we're not here to talk about ratings. We're here to talk uh, about Kung Fu. No, we're not. <laughs> Let's only talk about Kung Fu. Um, so the Nevers, uh, it was like steampunk X Men, or like Victorian X Men. Yeah, or, yeah. That's know. the part that I liked about it. It was good. I mean, it was. Um, no. It well, no. Okay, so it was. <laughs> it, it, it's a Joss Whedon show that. Mm-hmm. So it was written. It was directed, written, created by, produced like. Joss Whedon across the board. And that will probably be the case for a couple of episodes, and then it will no longer be the case because he left the show. Right. I think the first four, and then I think he might have left like in five or something like that. Um, But so the premise is him, and a lot of the elements will be very familiar if you've ever seen... And those goddamn names were never going to go away. No. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't even remember. They were all just ridiculous. Just the worst. Yeah, so the character names are very twee. Um, but it's, it's it, the elements feel very Whedon if you've seen any of his other things. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Beggar King, who's played by Nick Frost, is very much Badger from <laughs> Firefly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I, I, and I thought that um, the singing woman was River Tam. Uh, yeah, that's pretty Tamish. Um, mm-hmm. but all, but it's weird because I think a couple, part of it is that a lot of the women are remixes of, cause it's always like a supernaturally gifted woman. Right. So there's a lot of, uh, kind of crossover there. Um, right, I do think in terms are, of being a like a, of... a, a, a linchpin for the plot, like this one woman that everyone needs to try and get. Yeah. Right. But even like the, um, oh shoot, what, what's her name? Melody? Is that the? Yeah, Melody. Melody, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, um, so her, I really liked her. Her, like when she gives her big monologue was kind of like 
reminded me of River Tempest, just in like the way that it's like it kind of oh, yeah, makes yeah. sense, but it's a little nonsensical and lyrical in a way that like like it that felt like the, her ranting. Uh, when you know her right. brain is trying to figure stuff out in Firefly, but also very Drusilla from I Buffy. Know Drusilla. Oh, you didn't. Yeah, did you guys not I, watch I Buffy? Buffy? Okay, mm-hmm. really, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, Firefly is the extent of my Whedon. Oh my gosh! And, and horrible, Doctor Horrible. Horrible. Doctor Horrible. I've seen a few wonderful. episodes of uh, of Buffy, but not. I didn't watch the whole thing. Not that. Uh, yeah, so so it's it's Whedon. You know, there's a if you're familiar with his other stuff, you'll be certain elements of it will you can kind of tell what he's where he's going. But there's also right. it's a, but it's not like he's only referencing his own stuff. Like it's very X Men. It's very kind of Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. Yes, in yeah, a way, not just that. the Victorian, but like you know, they introduce this this character who's got a sex club. Like a secret sex club going on, and the whole time was Hugo Swan, yeah, or Hugh Swan, or Hugo Swan, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Um, there's, uh, yeah. So the pilot had a lot going on. You're you you have an alien spaceship shit sparkles that (laughs) makes people mostly women, but some men as well. uh, Gives them powers like essentially makes them mutants but they never call them mutants they're touched mm-hmm. um and so three years go by and society is still trying to figure out how to deal with all of these special powers so there's an orphanage that um a wealthy benefactor funds and she is in a wheelchair because she's literally professor x um <laughs> and then so they try to the orphanage is supposed to be a haven for young, gifted people um, right. who are, you know, in need of help. Um, and that is run by two people. Um, what are their names? Uh, something Amalia True. Amalia True. Amalia True. And I'm forgetting Finance the other name. Adair. Ah, uh, Adair, yes. So um, one of them is an inventor. One of them uh, is, well, she can see the, the future. Hero. Like, she can see the future, but also fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so everybody's got powers. And so that's going... So there's the society looking down on the touched. And then there is um, uh, one touched woman who's a serial killer, Malady, right. who's going around being crazy. But then there's also another person who is maybe working with Malady or maybe isn't, but is experimenting on... Uh, the touched to see where in their like li- physically where they were touched to try and like die like literally dissect how these people got their powers, um, and you only see him in a scene, but that's super creepy. Um, and then there's there's like a cop who's investigating the murders, and he right. may or may not be what he seems. And there's there's just. Wait, was the doctor working with Malady? I couldn't tell. Because so, the doctor was working with the people who were trying to kidnap the the. Orphan. Well, I think he is the one trying to kidnap. Like, he's running okay. the people who were kidnapping, but I couldn't tell if that was separate from Malady or not. Right. Like, if she was somehow working with him or for him. It's that much. There's just, there's a lot of... There are a lot of sides. There are a lot of sides going on. Maybe right. too many. Um, and then there's the whole political 
spectrum, which is only interesting because uh, the main guy who sort of represents kind of like stodgy upper crust London right. um, is the guy who played um, Hair Star in Preacher. Oh, that's where I've seen him. Juan picked it out because he's got hair. And I was like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> and Juan's uh, like, oh, no, you'd recognize him if he was bald and had a line in his head. And I was like, oh, shit, I would. Oh, that that explains it. Yeah, because I, I was like, I know this guy. I know this I guy. I don't know where. Um, um, so yeah. I am very interested in him specifically because of that. Because right. he was wonderful in Preacher. Um, but yeah, so he's the guy who's like, this is the people who have powers. It's all a conspiracy. Who's doing this to our society? Like this right. is upending the natural order because women suck. It's, uh, yeah. And it's, it's very much like, uh, we need to, we, we don't want chaos. We want to protect the status quo yeah. and who that happens to benefit. Don't worry about that. Yeah. It's done in some like decent, I mean, it's like, you know, very expository kind of like. Let me tell you exactly my thinking, which you will not be surprised by in the least. Right. But it was pretty, you know, it was fine. Like, with all of the but sides, it was nice to yeah. have at least one scene that clearly identified what one character represented. Right. <laughs> well, and, and it was, I mean, I know we, we're, we're joking, but in all honesty, there's... Uh, hitting that theme over the head a little bit was okay, in part because it's clearly, you know going to be a driving force of the show yes um so i didn't i didn't actually mind that um and they they did have one line i thought was kind of clever was the uh when he and uh amalia meet at the opera uh they they have kind of like a back and forth and and um he said something about like oh i'm just trying to keep harmony that's the i'm not getting this exactly right but he talks about like oh yeah we want it to be we want harmony and um and Amalia says, oh, but harmony is when everyone sings together. And he says, yes, but one voice is higher than the rest. I was yeah. like, oh, I see what you did there. Yep. Clever, clever, rich guy. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think he was, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in him because at least he came out of the premiere pretty well-defined. And certainly right. um, Amalia and, and some of those characters were you know, you're spending most of your time with them, so you kind of get more from them. But, uh, yeah, there was just, there was a lot of events and I don't really know. Um, it's a lot of people who seem to want to steal the touched. Right. And then protect the touched. (laughs) It's, (laughs) It's kind of like, but what do the, what are the touched wanting to do? Right. I don't understand. So, um, right. So far, other than other than kind of like the two leads who, you know, their their goals are basically to protect them. Right. Um, there's no real like. Yeah, there, there, there isn't much yet about what do you, what do the others do or what's their, you know. Um, what are they bringing to the to the story beyond being, you know having weird powers that we see every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of felt like, you know, um, you have a group of special people who are under attack. Right. But the nature of what makes them special hasn't been particularly defined to the point where there are characters that you don't, some of them, it's like, you know that they're touched, but you literally have no idea 
what they can do. Right. Um, and, and yeah, you don't know up until that point, like now you see these very clear from multiple angles, very clear threats on them. But, but this orphanage was running before that. And all it was doing was, I guess, just, you know, protecting them from society. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's interesting. It, in some ways they, it, I think the, the pilot definitely established the, the kind of, Establish a lot about the world. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I don't know. It was it was a combination of kind of way too much, which meant that some of the some other elements didn't get it that I was interested in kind of didn't get any attention whatsoever. Although I feel like the show, the episode kind of understood that, too, because there's a one the the moment again at the during that kind of uh, exchange at the opera where mm-hmm. they have a the the brother of the benefactor. And he just kind of like awkwardly yells out like, what can you do? <laughs> right. And it's like, yeah, everyone, because you see these people and everyone just wants to know, like, what is your power? Right. Um, yeah, he was kind of like the one, the one normal person who couldn't help himself. But then you find out that he's touched. Right. And we, and again, we don't know what he can do or I, can, right. I don't know unless it's talk to birds. Is that supposed to be his power? <laughs> I did wonder. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't put that together, but maybe it is. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't put that up together. I just thought it was, it was nice to see Pip Torrens with, like, a normal head of hair. Yeah, but Oh, we were t- talking about him and, yeah, how we, we would have only recognized him if he was bald and had a scar. Oh, uh-huh. But, and I'm a little upset about that. I mean, he, he does have a so nice head like of hair. Kibari. Yeah. But I, Yeah. I, I feel like I have, maybe it's just because he's so good in Preacher. Like, he's just so menacing. And then I want him, with the hair, I'm like, it, it kind of softens him too much. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> maybe he will lose his hair in a tragic accident halfway through, so then we get both. Oh, and then he gets a so, scar, and then we can yeah. all talk about it. Because the show does make a lot of dick jokes. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. There were a lot Uncomfortably. Of... Yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah. Hmm. Out of nowhere. I mean, they, they were kind of funny, but they were, they, it was, yeah. Just a character looking down and, you know, commenting on someone's boner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that just felt different. I mean, out of the con- outside of the context of Whedon, but the, within that context, it just feels very uncomfortable. Well, because he never did a, it is not, he's on HBO. So it was like boobies and yeah. peepees and he can go buck wild. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that I, I personally, like, I, I found the, the pilot enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. As did I. I'm definitely I mean, curious what's going to happen when the kind of handover happens, like how much of this is like how the show, how the season will change when it's no longer driven by Whedon. Right. I think what, uh, I mean, he's still got the, like the Buffy writers on there. So. Oh yeah. And he's still, it's still like, it's he created it. I'm sure he, he has structured the arc of the season and like, you know, even if it changes hands, I'm sure they're kind of executing the overall like, plot that he's built took away some of the the Whedon language I think it would improve 
Mm. And I mean, that's actually, that, that feels like one of the places that it could be most directly affected. Um, because yeah. he won't be at that point once he's, once he's no longer, uh, running the show day to day, then, uh, yeah, he, he won't be doing those, you know, those rewrites that, you know, fit it to that, to the, to the voice of the show. Yeah, the very clever dialogue or whatever. Yeah. I just hope so they, they do something to build up Malady, because right now I'm... She's like the, the extra threat that just seemed like too much to me. Mm-hmm. I get like the serial killer running around is interesting, and I understand how it functions, but it's like... It's just so over the top right now. Right. Lady Reaver. Literally, yeah. But, but even having the scene where it's like, you know, oh, this is worse than uh, Jack the Ripper, because at least Jack the Ripper only killed whores. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like, she did have a, have a hell of an entrance, though, at that opera. That was pretty cool. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, but then it was kind of like, but you don't know her. Right. And she talked so much that I'm like, I no longer, I have lost the thread of why you're here and what you're trying to do. Which was a bummer because, yeah, her coming up on stage having just slit the throat of of the devil mm-hmm. in Faust. Like, that was a great <laughs> intro. I don't know. Um, I do, yeah, I think the the River Tam girl, the singer who whose song calls to all of the, everyone who's touched, mm-hmm. is an interesting angle because that's just going to be whether it's a like people can use it to identify people who are touched that haven't you know it can kind right. of right like it can kind she's of be like, like a radar or she's like cerebro <laughs> she's like cerebro or it can become a siren thing where it can call to them much like cerebro <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of x-men <laughs> yeah um, i don't know i mean it 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 that's what struck stuck with me more than anything else was how much it felt like uh x men in a lot of ways but uh but yeah i mean i'm i was uh you know the the controversy around Whedon notwithstanding i was still in, entertained enough and curious to see where it goes um but but yeah it it did feel there was a lot in that pilot um i don't know but, if it's going to get better you know what it, you know what it kind of uncomfortably reminded me of um did carnival row oh i never watched that which yeah, i i did i didn't i didn't love it i didn't love it and i think it's again it's that too much going on mm-hmm. um this had a lot more like fun and levity at least but it still you know like carnival row definitely had that kind of there's a lot of storylines going on at the same time. Right. And it just, it was like one too many. It's like you're there. Are they illustrating the world or are they all going to co- kind of gel into a singular story? And it mm-hmm. took a while to figure out, like in that case, no, <laughs> they're just there to illustrate a world and it's not, they're not all really as connected as they could. And with the oh, nevers, okay. I'm still not quite sure if that's, like I'm sure everything will come together it's just how and when that's going to happen right 
Um, speaking of shows that we're waiting for them all to come together. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, not the best transition, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> this uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier after last week's uh, shocking ending. Um, the show finally did something like interesting. It did. It did and and but it was also like oh oh well my littler kids can't watch this now. Oh, had they been? No, I wouldn't. They hadn't. But I was gonna like, I was gonna let them. No. Up until that point, and then you're like, oh wait, no. Yeah. That was a very PG thirteen uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so John Walker killed a dude using Captain America's <laughs> shield. shield. Stone cold. Everybody was watching and everybody. filming. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wyatt Russell was real good. I mean, he's been good the whole time, but right. like, he is his, good. His uh, it, it it I was really impressed with uh, the way that he both his intensity and the way that he he can kind of emote both sides of it. Where like you get why he's so frustrated. Uh, and then you also get how terrifying he is. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was cool. Um, and you know, and this episode was, had a very clear through line about like, you know, what's the kind of like the moral, uh, uh, consequences of superheroes and like what they, you know, what, what, what you're, um, almost like whether it's, whether it's moral to, to, be a superhero in a, in a way at all. Um, yeah. And, uh, so it was, so it was very clear they had, you know, they, they it played throughout and, uh, we got some very, very specific answers, especially about <laughs> John Walker. But Yeah. You know, but on the flip side, I think that while it's, it's a, one of my issues with the show, I think is it like, I do think a lot of things became into focus in this episode, mm-hmm. but not always in the best way. Because I think that the the series has a lot of things that it almost seems to be trying to say. Right. Like, is it trying to, you know, reveal sort of the nature of the world post-snap or post-blip or whatever? Like, the whole people coming back after five years. Right, <laughs> um, right. But it, it's very shallow. It's like, that is what is propelling the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. But as of, you know as a villain that's supposed to be kind of sympathetic, they had that whole, the whole conversation between um, Carly and, and Sam just kind of boils down to you're not wrong, but stop killing people. Like it took something that could have been a very complex issue and kind of, it, it just sort of, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of it is, is I, so basically this is where I, I'm kind of stuck. I think that the show is really trying to explore um, why Sam should be Captain America. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is. And you you know the thing with John Walker where it's like, you know, uh, Steve Rogers was the captain, was the version of America, the symbol of America that America wanted to believe it was. And John Walker is the, the symbol for what America actually is. Right. Like it. And that is very clearly defined right? <laughs> and painfully accurate. Uh, but I think the show is sort of, a, you know, um, in, in 
like at first I thought it was going to be a buddy thing between Sam and Bucky and it kind of is, but not really. Like I'm Mm -hmm. not after that first episode, we're not really exploring that much about them. Right. Uh, it isn't, it could be about, uh, the, the world post blip, but Mm -hmm. we're not really getting a whole lot of that. It's just kind of touched on with the flag smashers, but I don't think that we're getting that much depth. Right. Um, John Walker is an absolute caricature, but like a fascinating one. I think like a very clearly defined one, mm-hmm. but like, he's clearly not the answer. Um, and I just keep coming back to like, is what is the, when all is said and done and we have a couple more episodes left, like where is this show trying to land? Right. And is it a show that's about Sam finally becoming Captain America which, if it is, then it's literally about getting the character to where, like, he could have just kept the shield in Endgame and we didn't need this whole show. So right. what will the, if, if he ultimately takes the shield, what will the show have added to that journey that was necessary as opposed to him just not giving away the shield when he got it? Right. Um, will we have learned enough to really justify it? Or, and this is where I feel like every element of the show is building up to, but I'm not, I can't imagine they'll do it. Is this going to be that they, they get the shield, they essentially like prove John Walker shouldn't be Captain America and he Mm -hmm. loses it and no one becomes Captain America, Mm -hmm. which I feel like everything that the show is up to this point should be about like not replacing Captain America. Right. But like, like Mm. this symbol does not work. Um, that is not what happened in the comics and it would be a real departure, especially considering like at this stage in the MCU, we're looking at a a changeover for almost all of our characters. Mm -hmm. We're looking at like hero replacement. So you've got like, um, we know in the next Thor movie, Jane Foster is going to be become Thor somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony handed, you know, he didn't hand Iron Man to Spider Man, but he he handed his empire right. to to Peter Parker. Um, there's a Hawkeye show coming with a with a female Hawkeye in it. So there's, a, you know, we know that Black <laughs> Widow is going to introduce another woman from the widow program who will probably become Natasha's replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, I mean, it's like literally every, you could argue she Hulk, like you're getting a new Hulk. Right. Um, there's so, and, and that's not even including the, what we talked about in like before that they're kind of putting all the place pieces into place for the young Avengers characters. Right. Like, however, if you want to read, um, Wanda's twins, if they come back into the fold, um, Cassie Lane could grow up or whatever. So is there space in the future of the MCU for Carly? Because she's like, aside from Wyatt Russell, probably the most compelling figure. I don't know. I mean, I think there could be. I think that what's interesting is, you know, I think the one thing the show is illustrating is just that you, you now have all of these characters who are arguably who who have the super soldier serum they are super soldiers mm-hmm. none of them are worthy of being captain america um so i don't know and not that she wants to be um 
I mean, they brought Zemo back. They could bring her back. I feel like they haven't defined her enough to. I don't right. know. I mean, I mean, the, I don't the, know where how she would fit in. The thing that's tricky about really the, like her. the thing that's tricky about the way that they've humanized her is that it's. I, I mean, I, I like I like the the actress a lot and the way, yeah. the way she's played it, but the the things that they've done to humanize her have basically shown that she's in over her, her head. Right. In she's a way that, like, she's really a kid. Is I mean more than um you know so she's not this evil supervillain like she's she's kind of playing the part because that's what she has to do to to try to achieve her her means um so i i mean i don't know i kind of lost my falcon at least sees that and that sort of makes him Captain American. Well, and that's I think that's the thing. It's like they're they're showing why he is the best possible right. Captain America, but I also think that they're showing why the the need for that symbol. Like unless why there can, shouldn't be one. No. That there really shouldn't be one. And it's mm-hmm. it's a weird thing where Zemo, I understand why they kept him around so long cuz he's, you know, that's the other thing, the whole conflict with Wakanda like like they it was like they kept, they found excuses to, to keep Zemo so that they could have the conflict with Wakanda. Because right. it was a great scene, but it was also sort of like, yo, he was not useful, like, as of last mm-hmm. episode. You could have just put him back in prison and mm-hmm. nobody would have needed to get in a fight. Um, but, it, yeah, I, I, it's a weird thing where Zemo is right a lot of the time. <laughs> Went, like he went about it the wrong way as well, but his views on uh, superheroes and and the symbols that they they become aren't. It's, he's not really that wrong, and it's weird right. that the show the show isn't really giving you a compelling counter argument to him. It's kind of saying like this is actually the this is the landscape. Right. Well, then okay. then it feels like the way that they could get there potentially would be some version of, I mean, because this was Sam's position all along, it's him, the, the, the actions of the, uh, or the events of the show, uh, convince other people to his point of view that, that there shouldn't be a captain, that this is not, you know, that, right. that the, the captain without Steve Rogers, like the, the time for that symbol has passed. Um, and, you know, in an ideal world, Sam would be elevated in some way, but the at least with the kind of the racial politics that they've established, it seems that seems kind of unlikely. So that's maybe the maybe the if they wanted to go for kind of like a bittersweet ending, then yeah. they have that option in front of them. Um, I think that's where I'm kind of stuck because I, I look at like this phase of the MCU and it's, there's so many replacements happening and you so this would kind of be the first one like somebody becoming the next captain america like the first the the replacement the passing of that mantle and it's and yeah like so i I feel like that must be what the show was for but i would i will respect it so much more if it follows through with the the line that i think it's building Mm -hmm. which is just no one should be Captain America. And it doesn't right. matter that, like, yeah, of everyone, Sam would be the best, but it's not a him problem. <laughs> it's a it's a symbol problem. Like, right. that, that's just, this has been tainted, like, do something else. Right. Um, there's too much baggage there. 
the the other thing that makes me hope that they that they end up in in some version of that kind of ending too is that there are only now two episodes left. Right. So there are you know two hours and really not that probably like more like ninety minutes or so of of episode left, and we know a lot of that is going to be dedicated to whatever the end uh, fight is. Yeah. So I, I just mean, so I just mean like in terms of story, there isn't that much runway left to really resolve all of those issues and get it to a point where it could be where Sam, for example, could be convinced that like, Oh no, it's right for me to be Captain America. Um, but also what is, is the fight there... against John Walker or is the fight against Zemo? Like, I'm not even sure at this point, like, I mean, it's probably everybody, right? Like, wouldn't it end up being kind of like WandaVision's finale where you have kind of three fights going on at once? Yeah, I mean, it's going to have to be, I guess. Are any of the uh, MCU movies that are in production involve a Captain America or a Falcon or Bucky? Um, Not that I'm aware of, but... yeah. That doesn't mean that they wouldn't be in them. Um, right. right. I mean, they they pop up. And also, I mean, so I didn't even, like, they're also, I mean, Black Black Panther is probably going to have to be a replacement storyline, mm-hmm. too. Oh, yeah. But, you yeah. know, if you're going back to Wakanda, I don't know if Bucky would pop up there or. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, luckily, the next few movies that I think have been announced, there isn't. There isn't an obvious tie, right? And they're kind Captain of in America the, in like the space phase of it, right? Yeah, because like I think it's like a Captain Marvel two is in development, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, Thor, uh, Doctor Strange would have already been is already happening. Um, mm-hmm. Spider Man, however connected that is, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, Black Panther two. Mm. Are they doing Guardians three? They are doing Guardians 3. Yeah. But there's no, yeah, there's no space there for a Captain America. Probably. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, because there's not really, I don't know, because they haven't, I think they have to get through this next batch or whatever to be able to even. You don't, there's you not don't another know Avengers what the big meetup would be for the Avengers. Through, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it's going to be Secret Invasion. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I was just rewatching Captain Marvel, and I'm still obsessed with the way the movie handled the scrolls. Well, and they hinted at that at the end of. Didn't they? Didn't they hint at that at the end of WandaVision with Monica? Yeah. So yeah, because at the end of another one of the movies, you find out that Fury has been in space, and that Talos has. Ben, I think it's Talos or one of the scrolls was impersonating him right. on Earth. Like they're all together. So uh, I forget which movie that was. But that um, was one of the end credit scenes. Um, I don't so, remember. I don't but remember. I, I think I've I think I've seen that one because yeah. that sounds familiar. Was it the Ant Man one? Hmm. Might have been maybe the second Ant Man. I don't remember, uh, but yeah. So I think that anyway. I think like the ne- this next phase is a lot about just every character, like all the main the heroes that we know. There being some sort of transition, 
Um, so I would really admire if like the first, if the first transition that we all, if we all went into Falcon and Winter Soldier expecting it to be like, which one of them is going to be the next Captain America? And it's all like, no, neither, <laughs> neither of them. <laughs> uh, well, we will know in two weeks. Ish. Yeah. Two weeks. So. Two weeks. This is weird because we're under an hour and I feel like we've reached the end of the show. I Um, feel like that as well. We don't uh, have a game. We don't have a game, but uh, that's okay. I could tell you the game. You could just come up with a. Is it a kung fu related game? Because I would love that. (laughs) No, I could tell you the game I was going to do a couple weeks ago, but I didn't have enough material for it. And then I'll just tell you. Because I don't know that it's going to work, but I was really excited and I tried researching it and I was having a hard time. I uh, wanted, sure. I wanted to do a game where um, it was about cable edit, edited swears. Oh, that's cool. Oh, so I would tell you like the, the edit and you would have to guess what swear it was covering up. Yeah. Um, but it was hard because a lot of them were full phrases that were very specific to the movie. Right, so like it wasn't if it enough, was like yippee yeah. kaye mother mother lover or right. trucker, yeah, mother trucker, right? So if I say mother trucker versus mother lover, like you know, you kind of right. you kind of know, but some of them were out there. <laughs> oh, you mean like they're too hard to guess? <laughs> they were too hard to guess because they were. It was the phrase. It was like they would replace the entire phrase because of one word in it. Mm-hmm. And so unless you knew the movie, like you wouldn't, I would just be saying a random sentence. You wouldn't have any idea out of context. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the idea of, of it being that crazy. And like, yeah. it be, because the, the fun of it would be us being like, how is that possibly replaced that line? How is that? Yeah. So I can keep working on it, but I really, yes, yes. this is. I well, it's a really future ex- game. It's a future game. So, yeah. you know, just, just keep in mind cable edits. I do want to mention two big episodes this week. Uh, the Shameless series finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended, uh, I think it was a very unpopular ending, although I didn't mind it. It was one of those very low-key uh, endings where they sort of like, you know, continued, but they didn't resolve anything. It's like, uh, except that uh, oh. Frank died. Oh, he did? He did. Well, it kind of had to happen, right? Yeah, it did. Uh, but ironically, he died of uh, COVID. What? <laughs> I know. After all, everything else, he died of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually weirdly dark. Like, <laughs> wasn't his liver? Like, <laughs> no, he'd had his liver replaced and his kidney stolen. Uh, but uh, and he had dementia. But uh, he died of COVID. Oh my gosh. Um, it was. It, I, I think it will uh, probably hold up well over time, even though people hated it. Because when you have those big, huge endings, they never last. You know, they don't hold up well. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> they killed off. No, I'm sorry. It was like the most devastating episode of television I've seen this year. Who did they, they killed kill? off? My favorite character. Who? Uh, Garrett Dillahunt's John Dory. <gasps> oh. Oh. Garrett Dillahunt was too too big for that show, so you know it was coming. I'm happy that he was there for two seasons. He's got a lot going on and you know, a lot of movie projects. He's about to he be in uh, Army of the Dead. Right, right. 
which I mean, you know, already filmed, but still. The poor guy, though. He, um, he, uh, they tape, you know, this, this was the eighth episode. It was supposed to be in the mid-season finale. It ended up being the mid-season premiere because of the pandemic. They had almost finished the entire episode before the pandemic came. So he had to wait like a year to f- film his final scene. Oh my God. So he had to come back, come back, say, you know, go through that whole process of like, you know, saying goodbye to everybody again. And then like, but also like, hey, I haven't seen anybody in a year. It's so good to see you. Sorry, I have to go now. I have to go die on screen real fast. <laughs> right. And then be done with this. Right. That's but it was crazy. such a good episode. It was so perfectly executed and I can't believe I'm saying that about Fear the Walking Dead but it's been phenomenal this season. You love Fear the Walking Dead. I didn't last year but this year it's so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Oh, I wanted to bring up one last show as we now (laughs) cross the hour mark so that's good. Uh, The uh, uh, Dustin, I know you watched it because you wrote about it but I really enjoyed the pilot of Home Economics. Uh, oh, new I ABC sitcom. Um, Holy crap! That was it's s- it was the jokes were pretty good. They had good yes. chemistry amongst the cast. Uh, Love and, that cast. And it had um, uh, Caitlin McGee, who was in. Uh, she was like a supporting character in um, uh, Mythic Quest, uh, and before that, she was. I think most people would have seen her in Bluff City Law. Which was a very oh. brief show. <laughs> I saw one of them. Was, <laughs> that, was that Topher Grace's uh, wife? No, uh, Caitlin McGee is a sister. Oh, the of, sister. The, of the three I siblings. I like Topher Grace's wife a lot. She's good too. Um, it's because they don't do those dry, sarcastic characters anymore on TV. So it was yeah. nice to see. But the but I liked yeah all of everyone was uh, it, it was Topher Grace the three siblings were Topher Grace, Caitlin McGee, and uh, Jimmy Tatro uh, from uh, American Vandal. Yeah. Uh, playing a so very good. Jimmy Tatro character, but it was great. Yes. So, <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it has a really good cast. It's it's fun and light, and uh, I, I'm definitely gonna keep going. So, oh, good. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it keeps going. It's in the same time slot as Kung Fu. Mid season replacements, though. <laughs> oh, so that's why you didn't watch the premiere. I had to choose oh, one or the other. Yeah. You know. Wow. So. Mr. DVR over here could only choose one, huh? Mm. Uh, Interesting. Well, I had uh, I had some other things I was dealing with at the in the time slot, so sure, to, sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of things to focus on at eight o'clock. On Wednesday. On Wednesday, or on the CW app the next day. Uh, that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. With more TV. Uh, have a good night. Good, good night, night everyone. everyone.